Hello, I'm Annalisa Mackey, CEO of PADS Program LLC, publishers of the award-winning PADS Social Emotional Learning Curriculum for Preschool to Grade 5, and the author of the Evidence-Informed Emozi SEL Program for 6th through Grade 12, and the co-author of the upcoming book, Social Emotional Classroom, A New Way to Nurture Students and Understand the Brain. Welcome to this episode of Social Emotional Us, a podcast for educators, parents, and anyone interested in improving the lives of children through social emotional learning. Today, I'm joined by educator Dr. Heather Cruz. She's an assistant superintendent for the educational services for the Cartwright School District. Located on the west side of the Phoenix Valley in Arizona, the district serves well over 15,000 pre-K to grade 8 students, 900 teachers, and is a major minority district within an SES approaching 90%. Dr. Cruz brings 30 years of education experience serving as a teacher, administrator, assistant superintendent, deputy superintendent, associate superintendent at the state level, as well as known contributor and expert in the area of teacher supervision, school law, and policy. Dr. Cruz serves as an adjunct professor for the Arizona State University and Northern Arizona University. She is an active member of the Arizona School Administrators, where she has served as president and currently serves as the treasurer and webmaster for the Best Public Education in Arizona Foundation. She is also the chief academic officer and co-founder of Ribbit Learning Company. Dr. Cruz is an ongoing advocate for district public schools, where she works passionately to ensure that all students achieve success. In this episode, we'll talk about goal setting and how that can help us go from the pandemic mindset of languishing into flourishing in the future. Welcome, Heather, and thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me today. If you wouldn't mind telling our audience a little bit more about yourself, if there's more to add to uh, to that uh, long list of accomplishments. Well, Annalisa, thanks so much for having me. I am so excited to be on your podcast. This is actually my very first podcast, so I'm excited to be with you this morning. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to come. We appreciate it. Well, I've just been in education a very long time and think of myself as being a teacher every single day that I come to work and very passionate about this work. You know, we need people like you to do that the, the, these jobs because in education, education is it's a hard job. You know, coming with passion and commitment every day is, I think, what most teachers get up with the, uh, the intention of doing. But there are some days that are hard, and we have definitely had some hard days over the last couple of years. So... I think it's going to be helpful for us to talk about some goal setting today because, you know, it's been a bit of a a tricky thing to navigate this last little while, has it not? I think that it has been probably the trickiest landscape (laughs) that any of us have ever encountered in any of our lives or careers and hopefully won't ever have to encounter again. Agreed. I can't imagine having to go through anything like this ever again and didn't ever think we would ever have to go through something like this or encounter anything like this. No, no, it's actually, I think when it first started, I thought, you know, maybe it would be six months, maximum a year It would that we would get things under control and it would be over. But that's not been the case and it's still ongoing 
I don't know how your school district is dealing with it, but I do know that all across the country, they're dealing with it in a variety of different ways. And I think that makes it even more challenging because there's no one way. Absolutely. It does make it incredibly challenging because of that. And believe it or not, it does somewhat pit districts against one another because of that. You know, neighboring districts even, because, you know, this district handles it this way, this district handles it this way. And it makes parents um, very uneasy because they're not really sure what's happening. Well, well, is that a better way? Is that a better way? I'm not really sure what's the best thing for my child. And at the end of the day, they have to be the one to choose what's best for their children. Right, right. There's no unifying message, I think, which is make, makes it difficult for everybody to know how to handle this, regardless of whether you're in education or just, you know, someone on the street trying to navigate the world any, anymore, right? It's hard to know what the right, right. things to do are. Well, well, and it makes it very difficult because truly communities are having different approaches, but communities are also having different responses to the pandemic. So it's, it has made it very difficult. Yes. Yeah, it's tough. And I think, you know, we hear an awful lot about how uh, the pandemic has affected student learning, the mental health concerns. But I think that what some of the good news that I have seen, you know, you know, talking to people with through the podcast is that there's some good things to be shared as well. You know, people are talking about some of the resilience of our students, of our teachers, of our parents. And that's that's a tremendous relief because I think in the media, we hear an awful lot about a lot of the negative aspects of this. So some good news is always nice to have. I will tell you, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Resilience is something that we speak about all the time, especially with, with our community and our governing board. Our children have learned so much resilience. They've learned so much problem solving, all kinds of collaborative different efforts. And our parents, I can't tell you how empowered our parents have become. They have learned so much more about their child's education and what needs to be done to move their child's education forward. I'm sure they have, right? They've they've been sitting right across the kitchen table from them. Yes, it's and we meet with our parents on a regular basis and they are now really more empowered to speak very very I will say eloquently about their child's education, what they think their child needs, and I think that's an absolute wonderful thing. So yes. I'm very encouraged by those things. So do you feel that uh, parents are even more reengaged in their child's learning? because of the pandemic? Well, we have seen very engaged parents. Even throughout the pandemic, we've had some very engaged parents. That's so, great. you know, we've been very, very grateful for that in our school district. That's really fantastic. I think that there was, it was quite a big eye-opener for a lot of parents to understand, you know, the, the educational experience of their child. And that, and what the teachers were expected to to do as a consequence of the pandemic, trying to teach remotely, uh, trying to keep kids engaged, you know, trying to provide 
just dealing even with the technical aspects of things. So there was, I think, a huge learning curve for parents when they had a chance to sit across the kitchen table and watch all this happening in real time. There's no question, no question. So um, coming out of that, I think they are much better informed as to what they need and Mm -hmm. what gaps are there and um, what their children need, as well as what they need to be able to support their children. Right, right. Because I think they learned that there is a lot of support necessary, right? (laughs) Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. They they found that this thing called education is, is not such an easy thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just, you know, pack a lunch and send your child to school and That's right. somebody else will deal with it at that at the other end. Right. That's right. That's yeah. right. So today, Tether, we were planning to talk a little bit about goal setting. And, you know, I think what we've been talking about sort of leads right into that. How have you used goal setting in your professional life? Because I don't know how you would manage to do have all of the accomplishments that you have if you weren't a master goal setter. Well, I don't know about being a master goal setter, <laughs> but you know, goal setting has has always been a part of of what I do, and I don't know whether it comes inherently or not. But you know, when you set a goal and then you reach that goal, it really makes you feel good, right? There's this and the kind of I don't know whether you call it little euphoric kind of sense that you get about your sense, like oh wow, like I can do that, right? It makes you want to go to that next step or go to the next level. But it has always helped me to really get to that next step. And I know that without goal setting, I would not be where I am today because it helps me stay on track and helps me stay onward and in a forward trajectory towards all of the next steps that I, where I want to be. And actually helps me stay somewhat organized in all of the facets of my life. Right, because it helps you identify your priorities. Absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, when you think about what goal setting has done for you in your life, obviously it would seem to me then that you could would want to pass that on to the students that you've worked with or, you know, and also your, you know, your colleagues, right? Because if it works so great for you and does all these wonderful things, you'd really want to share that. So what do you tell young people about goal setting and the steps that you would, you would recommend that they take? We've actually done this. I've done this with, with students in other spaces and places, actually developed a, a tool for students to use. Have you? Called a student data portfolio and had students use that in school setting where we help them learn about their test scores and help them set goals around their test scores, uh, reflect on their test scores and their, their grades, et cetera, make a plan to, you know, how are they going to get to that goal, et cetera, reflect on, on all of that and, you know, go through that really goal setting cycle. Right. But, you know, don't run them through the simple smart goal format. Right. But make it student friendly to help them understand what that looks like to help them understand and help them take responsibility for their own learning. Because once you set that goal, then it becomes yours, right? Right. So, and then help teachers kind of interact with that and build some lessons around that for students. And it worked marvelously for students to help them engage with that 
and learn what that really means for learning. It really helps to demystify the learning process for students because sometimes this is really crazy in our learning world. Sometimes learning is sometimes very amorphous for students. They're not really sure how this is done, right? Right. What are the steps that it takes? Right. Smoke and mirrors for them. Like, I'm not really sure how I get from step A to step, step, you know, Z. Yes. But if we help them to break down the steps and help them see how to get to those steps in little building blocks, then it demystifies that. And then we can help them get to that next level and then they can get to the next steps on their own. Yes. I've seen that with, you know, students that I've worked with and, you know, really up close, I think, with our own daughters in terms of watching them figure out, you know, how they learn best, you know, what are the skills that they need to be able to, to study, you know, what, how, how much studying do they need to do? You know, if they have studied and and they have done a, done poorly on the test, what do they need to do? you know, next, do you just accept it? Or do you, you know, like, what, what is the next step? And I think watching them work through those, those steps to be able to get those aha moments to then, as you said, be able to say, oh gosh, I now know what I need to do to get that, this job done and actually do it. That I think is really exciting, you know, to be able to watch that happening Right. That's all part of it for kids, right? Yeah. So then it empowers them. So then when they get into that next situation, it's not overwhelming to them. They know, like, I know how to do this. I know that I'm going to be able to be successful because I know how to go about it. I know how to break down these steps. I know how to be successful in this situation. Which I think what we're talking about is learning the steps of confidence. Absolutely. Right? Right. You know, the more you, the more you do it, the better you get, the better you get, the better you feel mm-hmm. about your, your abilities. And then you're willing to try new and bigger things than you thought maybe you'd be right. able to achieve. Right. So little by little, we're, we build great agency within our, our students. So you exactly. see how, you know, the SEL side really, you know, blends in with the academic side as, yeah. as we build really good empowered learners, once they they pull apart how they learn best. It's funny, right? Because it's social emotional learning and academics are really not two separate things. They're maybe two different sides of a coin in some respects. But they really belong together. And that, they do. That, that SCL side do. is truly, it's really to help kids empower and unlock their academic prowess. Yes. And well, who they are as a person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Because I know we're, we're talking about academics, right. but it's really about finding out who you are as a person and being That's able right. to... That's right. Outside of the academic setting, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And being able to take what you've learned in that academic setting and apply, and apply it to your it. life and yes. move forward and be a productive, happy member of the community, right? That's the goal. That is the goal. I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Right. So now that we've agreed that, you know, goal setting is really important on many more levels than just get going from an A to a, or going from a, a C to a B or a B to an A, you know, 
what would you say about how goal setting might have helped us during this pandemic? Because I think that there there have been some big challenges in that regard too, and I think people have felt a loss. They talk about people languishing right now, and and so what would you say about that? I think that, and I agree, people are languishing, and I think people have become somewhat. Um, frozen and stuck. So I think goal setting can can really help people move forward and get out of that place. And they can start small. It doesn't have to be this humongous big thing, but just start small. You know, it can be just anything. And these little, little wins help you build another little win that help you build another little win. And before you know it, look, look at this, I've taken five steps. Right. So, it, you know, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Wins build upon wins. And you've heard the term success breeds success. Yes. Right. So, and I think that, you know, we have to remember that all of our folks need that. Um, our teachers as well. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they've been in this as well. And they have. Um, and I mean, deeply in it, working hard, hard, hard. And so we can't forget about them as well. And knowing that you know, we've, we've got to pay attention to, to them as well. What would you say to people who felt feel that when we're talking about goal setting, you know, and moving forward, that they feel like I have been doing so much, you know, you just, can you just give me a break? <laughs> you know? I hear that every day. I do hear that every day. And so what I would encourage them to do is to think about, how we can work smarter rather than harder. I watch how people work. And I think sometimes we make work for ourselves. And sometimes we do things that we don't have to do. So what are the things we we don't have to do? And then what are the things that we absolutely have to do? And so really look at that. You know, maybe that's the goal, right? Analyzing the work that we do and maybe getting rid of what we don't have to do and keeping what we do. So um, maybe we could call that kind of decluttering our work life. Decluttering sure. work life. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot of stuff that we do. And teachers are famous for it. They are. You know, I used to have this conversation with my sister. She's probably going to kill me if she listens to this. <laughs> who is a, a fabulous teacher, fabulous second grade teacher. And I used to say, you know, oh my goodness, you do these extra things and she would just kill herself doing this. And I go, where is everybody else in this? Right. (laughs) Right. You know, and none of this has to do with teaching and learning, you know, but all of these are like feel good things, right. Mm -hmm. You know, like display cases and this, and, and, and she loved doing it, but she would kill herself doing it all this time and it would stress her out. But uh, you know, how can we declutter our, our work life so that we're focusing on the things that matter and putting our focus where it needs to be, which is, is solely on, on our students. Right. And our, our own mental well-being, right? On and- our, which is, you know, has to be part of that because if, if we're not in a good space, then we can't be there for our, our kids. Exactly. Exactly. So maybe doing all those great displays, if that's how you decompress, that's one thing. But if it's just something you have to do because you, yeah, maybe that's something you could 
cross off the list. Yes. Okay. So I guess that really follows into the next question. You know, what do you recommend to teachers and even parents or families of students who are feeling overwhelmed, but want to start making goals and plans for the future in uncertain times? I think that there's, you know, a lot of, you know, kids would want to be, you know, maybe playing different sports or participating in activities that have been a challenge to allow them to do because of whether for safety concerns, you've got, you know, teachers that maybe want to go and to a conference or think all of these sorts of things that, you know, we really took for granted in the past. So what would you say to people today about, you know, wanting to set these goals and still in being in such uncertain times? I would say to, you know, I know there are, there are all kinds of these fun things and we want to get back to normal. So we are doing everything we can in our school district to move towards normalcy in a very, very safe, safe way. So I would say do whatever you can to move towards that normalcy that is normal for you and in a safe way. And, you know, set that goal if that's for you. And if you can, and if that's going to work for you, I say go for it. Because I say the more we can move towards normalcy in a safe way, the better off we are going to be. I think that's true. I think we need to start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Perhaps there have been some people rushing towards that light a little quicker than others. Agreed. But I think we all want to see that light at the end of the tunnel and get there eventually. But I, I do take your your point of, you know, trying to move there, but in the safest way possible so that we actually get there. Right. And this could be, you know, our new normal. You know, we don't know how yeah. long we're going to be in this. So, you know, That's we, can't, very true. We, we can't just stay frozen in time and say, we can't do this. We can't do this. So we have to move forward in the safest way possible and see what that looks like. And again, trying to stay safe, keeping everyone as safe as possible and, you know, practicing those safe practices and seeing where that leads us, because we certainly can't stay frozen in time. I think you make a really good point about that. Just not doing anything and just being frozen, as you said, you know, it's not, it's not living, right? That's not good for anybody. No, it's not good for anybody. And I, th- I think that we need to find ways to move forward. We need to find goals for ourselves that, and I take it to your point too, uh, the small wins lead to bigger ones. And so, you know, maybe we need to stop thinking about getting back to something, but moving forward to something new. I heartily agree. I will tell you that was the very message to that I brought to our governing board that around our learning for our students. You know, everybody wants to talk about learning loss. Well, I'm not talking about learning loss. I'm talking about moving forward with our students because I feel like they have learned a ton in the last 18 months and we're going to capitalize on that learning and we're going to move forward with our students. Well, I think that is a really great place to end this this particular podcast on a message of hope. I like that. So thank you so much, Heather, for participating today. I really, really appreciate it. I 
It's always really great to talk with you. So thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to our wonderful guests for this thought-provoking conversation. If our listeners would like to continue the conversation about this topic, please find us on Facebook under Paz Program. Feel free to ask questions on the podcast episode post. We'll answer them, and we may feature the answers in a future Facebook Live video. Please join us next time on Social Emotional Us as we continue to explore how SEL can benefit everyone at any age.